This is Cody, and I present to you this very important message. The views and opinions expressed in this show are solely those of the host and do not reflect the official policy or positions of the host employers. Any content provided by our hosts is their opinion and is not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, entity, individual, or anyone, or anything, for that matter. Thank you and God bless. Cut my life into pieces. This is a three-person episode. You've done Papa Roach. What before. up? I don't care. I was <laughs> I was grasping for straws. I'm just so mad. <laughs> Cody's having haircut issues, y'all. And by haircut issues, he means he can't get a haircut, and he's super frustrated that his barber doesn't <sighs> know when golf tournaments are in Austin. When you live your life billing by the 15 minute increment every second counts and it bleeds over your personal life and i hate that about my profession but i really value my time (laughs) and i don't like to be fucked around no i think that's a that's a fair fair assessment and then it's just uh it's a bad look when you show up for the appointments that you're booking right so it's it's important that i disable them you know on your calendar say hey like can't book those they don't exist I live and die by the calendar now, man. I hate missing appointments. Yeah. It gives me anxiety. It does. Like, I don't need to be 15 minutes prior to the 15 minutes, but I do try to be on time, like deadly accurate on time. That's my goal. I thought I was always super anxious about time until having a kid. And now having a kid, I no longer block stuff out by the day. I'm down to like 30 minute increments, like blocking stuff out <laughs> and planning. Oh, dude. That is absolutely a piece of it. Yeah, because I used hey, to you're go, like looking at the neighbor. You're like, I can go socialize with the neighbor for five minutes when I go to grab the mail, but then I have to be like about face walking back in the door after five minutes. You got time for one joke, there, buddy? Yeah. No, there's like an absolute golden hour where I can do stuff that doesn't interrupt, and it's it's feeding times, right? So right now, feeding time is one thirty to two a.m. That's when he's waking up, and it usually takes about an hour. And this is usually the point where I try to be a supportive husband, right? So Caitlin's Caitlin's feeding. There's nothing I can do, but I try to stay awake and help out, you know, either go change the diaper afterwards or put him down. Um, and that's usually the point at 3 a.m. where I'm going, you know, I could go to the gym right now because it's not interrupting anything. And I wouldn't feel guilty about going to the gym for like an hour and a half or two hours because it's not going to interrupt anything. Uh, but there's definitely a golden window. I, I went to run today, and it was – I felt guilty because of what time I ran. I was also waiting for it to run warm up. Um, but I was looking at it, and I was like, okay, I have to leave the house by there. Uh, I'm limited on the route that I can run, but I also know that I need to be running faster than this because I still have to go by the post office, which means i got to be back to, to – <laughs> like I start backwards planning everything based off of that so I can get back in time to watch the kid. And Oh, yeah. Like, okay, she's feeding. That means I have an hour. <laughs> but, yeah, which means I go and run two miles. Yeah. Just kidding. But feels that way sometimes. Ugh. You want to do your thing, Aaron? 
Yeah, how was your week, guys? Uh, I think, Cody, y- you told us a little bit about these uh, haircut woes. But it was, uh, it was barring fine. that. it's It was fine. Okay. You are actively trying to schedule a haircut right now. Yes. Okay. JM, what about I'm you? good, but still, it was just fine. Uh, Good. We had our two-week checkup. Um. He's a damn kept alive for two weeks, bro. That's huge. Yeah, uh, he's above birth weight, so birth weight was eight pounds. One week checkup, he was at seven pounds and thirteen ounces. And then at the two week checkup, we were at like eight pounds and five ounces or something like that. So the doc basically said he's gaining a lot of weight really quickly, which is really good. So let him sleep as long as he wants and just feed him whenever he. Whenever he wants. Yeah. Okay. So status quo. <laughs> yeah. Um, they gave us the little. Our our pediatrician gave us a little printout with. Um, uh, it's basically the percentages of where he at. It, it's his percentiles by height, by weight, uh, by head circumference. All these different ratios. Um, and I'm just gonna yeah. go on. I'm gonna go on the record saying right now that he is just perfectly average. Um, in case any of the grandparents ever listen to this, uh, there is nothing special about your grandson in either height, weight, head circumference, any of these ratios. He's a perfectly average child. He, in fact, he sits in like the 60th percentile in most of these things. So he's only he's exceeding 59% of the kids out there. He is perfectly average. <laughs> Yeah, Connor's head was always slightly above average. Then the rest of his body was slightly below average. It's pretty. It's pretty great. Yeah, but that's been my week. Uh, it's really cool. Um, I haven't shaved in twenty three days, and it's really weird because I've never not shaved this long, and I look I look terrible. Like I just can't grow facial hair anyway. Um, but I'm. I just, think you ha- you have to stick to it because otherwise, it'll like my dad absolutely who. Correct. Uh, just like he's been out for God, I think like 15 years now or some shit. And he still is like, even when he could grow hair, he was committed to the, the high and tight thing because he said it itched too much. No, if his I hair grew out. I haven't cut my hair. I planned it perfectly. Right. So I got my last haircut three weeks before the kid was born. So I'm basically going to have. Uh, whatever the math on that is, like 90-something days of hair growth on top and then just no oh, shaving. Yeah. Um, I'm just really upset that my mustache doesn't connect down because I really just want to do like a good handlebar and it's just never going to work for me. I may have to just have like a weird gap in my um, – weird gap in it. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe focus your efforts on like gro- growing like a, a Van Dyke. Maybe. Um also, there's a ton of gray. <laughs> there's just a nice. ton of gray. Oh yeah, so like hair. this is probably like your first time knowing that. Uh, I knew that it got like I knew there was gray tinges. Um, I could see gray lines, you know, after like a four day weekend or something like that. But there is a lot of gray. There's a lot of gray in the side of my hair too. I'm old. Hey man, uh, I I didn't mind seeing the gray when I saw the gray. I was like, you goddamn right, I fucking earned those. I just tell that to Caitlin because I get she gets mad every time I point out the gray in her hair. I'm like, ooh, gray hair. <laughs> yeah, that's for, funny. so for me. Like it's also it's basically so light, but I know there's some grays in here, 
but like you can't really tell that much yet. No, mm. you can definitely tell in mine. But yeah, that's my week. There you go. Well, um, mine, uh, guys, I'll, I'll start with this. Uh, I've, I've found an, a new recipe, which is basically a one-pot tremula um, with shrimp. At any rate, uh, tremula is basically um, a Moroccan-style oil and herb dressing situation. So uh, chimichurri would be a, a great um, comparative uh style right there um at any rate so built up this fantastic uh shrimp risotto with the tremula which again is just this herb mix and in one pot man I, I i shit you not this fantastic meal came together in 35 minutes yeah we're not talking like all the backwards you know preparation you're like chop herbs take shrimp put in pot you know what i'm saying like it was 25 to 35 minutes of work. How, how did you discover this? Because I'm just looking at it. Um, From New York Times, right? It's used in Algeria, Libya, Morocco, and Tunisia. Um, yeah, and so none, of the, none of the spices are out, out, out of control, man. We're talking like, again, like, um, you know, herbs, oil, paprika, yeah, salt, and Yeah, it's not spicy pepper. as much as just, like, vibrant and, yeah. Um, right, right. Yeah. How did you come up? So it says cumin, sweet sweet paprika. Uh, tum, uh, tur- is, I always say turmeric, but I think I've been saying it wrong. It's turmeric. Is that right? It's turmeric. You got me. Turmeric. All right, yeah. whatever. Yeah, what turmeric. he said. Coriander, coriander yeah, what he said. garlic powder, cinnamon. Coriander. Ginger, onion powder, black pepper, dried parsley. So, Aaron, how did you discover this um, dish in particular? Again, because, uh, like, I don't know. I personally, I don't think I've ever had Algerian, Libyan, Moroccan, or Tunisian cooking, so I don't. I would have never come across this. So, how did you discover this? Like, it's got to be pretty close, about like a year Greek and a half, style, right? A year and a half ago, um, I went on this bitchin' big ass bike ride, and when to we came Tunisia? back, we were, I was I was hosting some uh, some out of town friends. When we came back, my 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 previous roommate was like, dude an amazing culinarian is my friend Anthony. Anthony just loves to have company over and he just likes to show off that he can cook. So he did this tri-tip with our chamula dressing. In, oh. in this case, it was a red dressing. And it, it was just this beautiful meal. I, I was like, man, what is chamula? And he goes, I don't really fucking know, but I think it's Moroccan. And and that stuck with me. So when this recipe popped up on the, on the Times for this chamula shrimp orzo I yeah. re- I reckoned that it would totally make sense you're talking like uh some sort of buttery pasta with uh, a really fatty shrimp and then uh uh Cody's words a bright or vibrant um you know sauce yeah to, and to orzo is just like just fucking giant rice so it's pretty good yeah orzo is fantastic so so tremula to, to answer your question was an inspiration from my friend Anthony um, and it, it, it's such an approachable um, recipe it, it really doesn't call for anything that you don't already have in your cabinets so we're talking again cumin um, salt paprika um, 
and there was something something else in there. Coriander, that's cumin, right? Wait, coriander. So, so there's cu- well, coriander. Cori- coriander is the seeds from uh, cilantro. Coriander and cumin are related, though. Yeah. Right. So I use them interchangeably depending on how pungent I want it to be. I find that coriander is uh, a little subdued. Cumin can sometimes be like it, it smells like body odor to me. Um, but you can sometimes find fresh cumin or fresh coriander seeds. And you coriander is sweeter. Cumin is bitter. Yeah. Yes. I think that's uh, and also a more good bitter. Uh, cumin. Oh, uh, they I come w- from different plants. That's so weird. I thought they I just, were. I just the said same. that the cor- no coriander is the is the cilantro seed. I swear to God, I've seen like something. Well, say cilantro coriander is a coriander. Cumin. Yeah, or yeah, whatever the case might be. It's but cilantro and coriander are the same plant. Yeah. Chicken or the egg? Which came first? Answer, yeah. answer me now. Go, come on. Yeah, it's 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 like that with uh, some of those herbs and spices. Um, at any rate, yeah, it's a, a super approachable recipe, um, super bright, and then a lot of payoff in terms of flavor for a 25 or 35 minute cook time um, and prep time all together. So um, add that one to your list, guys. Like that is a, a, a certainly a pleaser. Um, you could probably make it the day before and have it as a cold salad in the morning. Um, what I did was as the orzo was being brought down to a simmer, I had a 10-minute timer. I gave it 10 minutes uh, on the simmer. I cut the heat, and then I threw all the shrimp in raw, and I just covered it, and I pulled it all off the heat. Um, and in a Dutch oven, it just it maintained that temperature, and you know, five minutes later, we removed the lid, and um, and the shrimp was perfectly cooked. It like if you just follow the directions in um, a recipe for a uh, orzo one pot with herbs and spices and then shrimp like you're going to be pretty impressed what did um, you so flip? you said you just put the shrimp in raw you didn't flavor the shrimp no i i um just removed the tails threw the shrimp in and just picked I, it up uh, well it just picked it up in there how's that it just picked up the flavor like in the mix yeah right shrimp yeah. absorbs fucking everything yeah, I just waited for it to, you know, basically curl, and then, and then it was ready. Oh, so I just remembered something important. JM, did you ever check your mailbox? Yeah, I haven't and? got any. I haven't got anything from you. No, you're a liar. I haven't got anything from you. In your PO box, you've not got a package from from Little Sleepies. No, you're full of shit. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Is that the <laughs> wait? Hold on, because we got a we got a bamboo onesie that yes cowboys and yes rodeo yeah rodeo yes. So it came with like it was addressed to us um, yeah from little sleepies from little sleepies, but there was nothing saying who it was from. So Caitlin and I have been cool. trying to figure this out for two weeks. But I told you to check your mailbox. You should have known the mails for you from me. Yeah, I was waiting on my Bucky onesies. My Bucky's onesie, because you sent it the day that you were going to Fort Worth. 
which means you were stopping at the Bucky's and Temple to get me my Bucky's onesie, and I thought that was you saying it's in the mail. We, we have we Check have not done that yet because uh, time time constraints, as we discussed. Earlier. So yeah, that's where my thought process went was because you you're getting said, blown off by your barber. Yeah. Well, just so like when we came back from Fort Worth, you missed the train episode, Aaron. But when I came back from Fort Worth, the train had been delayed by an hour, and we had to get home to relieve Brittany's sister of babysitting duties. Yeah, so, oh so that's where my thought process went was. Okay, um, so did she think it was so soft? Yeah, no, we took baby it. Wear it yet? So, um, yeah, we he we put him in it, and he went and watched Caitlin's horse compete last weekend cross country wearing his rodeo outfit, Perfect. and we love it. Um, and then he promptly pooped in it. Like that, all, good, good, good. All over yeah, it. it was wonderful. Mostly, Brittany just wants her to like that brand so she can buy that brand. I don't know. She's, you know what? Uh, when we start making Brittany money, we will buy that brand. She's she's super she's super into getting everyone to buy that shit. Little sleepies and kite. I will let I will let Caitlin know that um yeah. That's all she wants. Just she wants a convert. Mm. Okay, sorry. I derailed food talk, but Brittany sent me a text saying make sure you hold JM accountable, so I did. No, that's great. I we've been honestly <laughs> we have been trying to figure out Oh, that's funny. I can't believe you didn't just connect those dots. No, because I was looking for my Bucky's onesie, and it didn't come with... Um, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll it just there. it didn't come with anything saying who it was from, so we had no fucking clue. Yeah. All right. Um, well... How was your week, Aaron? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I was supposed to start PTO on Tuesday... Uh, but on Tuesday at about two o'clock in the afternoon, I was having my first meeting with my manager of the day, and I'd just been doing normal work stuff. And I was like, "Hey, just um, just as a question before we cut out of this meeting, I know I'm starting PTO this week. What day is it again?" And he goes, "Today." Like he pulls up his calendar like five minutes later. He's like, "Oh, dude, you started today." So I was like, "All right, hey man, can it?" Can you I just didn't get- know what day your PTO started, dude. That's that's how. It, it's been for me this entire year has been crazy busy um i really haven't looked up i put stuff in the calendar and i always forget to to put stuff in the calendar in terms of pto I oh so we we ago. have to do that so that way like all your all my project managers know to like not fuck with me and cover my shit while i'm gone right hmm. so well, congrats yeah. on your your PTO. What have you been doing? Like, uh, have you been chores? Pra- have you been bikes. like doing your push ups, practicing karate? Because we have to fight your brother. Um, <laughs> yeah, like it's uh, all it's a whole hot rat situation where like you're in goal now is to fight your brother. Something, I don't care if he yeah. listens. This is a hard stance podcast. Hard stance. We're take, <laughs> we're only and we're taking stances. a hard stance against Aaron's brother, whatever the fuck his name is. A, Aaron's some, brother, yeah. It's probably something stupid like Josh. Pretty close. Or, or Carl. Carl Chavez. Carl Chavez. Yeah, it's definitely a Carl. He's a Carl's a real piece of shit, man. Uh, Liz, yeah, man, you put, I your, ride my you bike, put your boy though. in check. We're we're over him. I've been. I've been riding my bike. I've been cooking. I've been having a lot of like fun with my downtime. Uh, I went and had beers until like half past eleven with a uh, with uh, Anthony. Um, just a matter of fact, last night 
and you know, I, truth truth be told, I didn't want to go out. But when I got out, I was like, I was just feeling it, and I didn't wake up hungover. I went for another bike ride today, Ooh, so I, I did like best. forty-five miles of, of riding yesterday, um, in between just getting chores done at the house and just other shit that needs to happen, which just makes you feel good. And then today, I was like, man, you know, my body's all sore, and I'm like, fuck it, let's just load the bike back up and go back out. As it turns out, I got hit with um, a, a lot of a lot of rain. And I was I was pretty cold and soaked and wet four miles in. Um, at like mile eight, I decided, you know what? I've done my recon. I know where the start of the trail is because it really wasn't clear and it was just really shitty fucking weather. Um, I decided I was going to turn around. I've just been kind of cruising like eight or nine miles an hour on this gravel, g- generally going uphill. Um, so I ate like a like a snicker turn around, and as I turned around. I got five minutes of torrential rain, um, and that torrential rain then turned into uh, torrential hail, and the hail was coming in almost vertically, and I had to like oh, hold my hand up to block my face because it was like beating me in the uh, in the mouth, and I was just getting hail in my mouth. As I was riding, and it hurt. It was stinging, you know? <laughs> like, it was, like, 48, 49 degrees when I started riding the bike. And, and you know, in the blink of an eye, it must have dropped, like, six or seven degrees. And all of this, you know, nightmare happened. It, I was soaked from, from, from head to toe. When I got back... You know, I was using my hands as as flippers to like shift the bike or or whatever. Um, it it was it was super difficult, kind of like getting out of all that stuff. And you know, I was lucky nothing happened, and that I decided I wasn't going to go full in because if I would have gotten a flat out there, I would have been in a pretty pretty miserable shape. So mm. it was it was a lot of fun, and it was it's a cool ass story to talk about, and I'm looking forward to doing some more like pretty intense stuff but you know ideally you know what kind of weather you're going to run into and and this morning it was it was clear weather a little little windy um it just goes to show how things can be um in in alpine environments or you know in any environment really i i think that maybe you probably have that in north carolina or even in texas to a degree where it can get nasty quick well you're gearing up your four weeks out from san diego right Super nervous, yeah, man. How long is that one? That's uh, it's gonna be six thousand feet of climbing, seventy miles, seventy-six miles. San Diego. This um, is the uh, Wales Virginia Sprint, sponsored by Anchorman, right? Belgian wafer, oh, or the Belgian, Belgian waffle, waffle is the good. the big race. That's the the pro race. That's the hundred and sixty miler. Um, the Belgian wafer is the step down, and that's the one I'm doing. Is the seventy-six miles, six thousand feet of climbing. Um, and yesterday I did 33 or 3,400 feet of climbing and it was about 40, 45 miles. And then today it was, I didn't even clear a thousand. I just went out there to just spin because, you know, my body, I was, I was pretty sore this morning when I woke up, just pretty stiff. So I'm just trying to keep things active. Um, maybe tomorrow is a gym day, you know, hit the treadmill, do some running, do some lifting. So I'm really just enjoying the downtime to you know again 
do chores, make really cool ass meals like the the tremula shrimp, whatever, and then you know ride bikes and then make friends on trails, dude. Like I met this dude who has the same bike as I do, and then come to find out his wife's riding the same one. So me and this dude are just, you know shooting the shit last week, uh, exchange numbers. So you know just making buddies out um out in the wilderness and, and having a lot of fun uh eating food at home staying up late drinking beers but not too many beers you know what i'm saying that's right moderation motherfuckers <coughs> i swallowed my beer on <laughs> oh god dang well, did you guys finished the last of us did you guys did you guys end up finishing that show uh, yeah i did did we talk about that uh, it ended yeah <coughs> I binged it all on like Monday okay. or Tuesday. There you go. Uh, the last three episodes. Yeah, like uh, there's only like nine episodes, whole, right? Yeah, that whole the whole uh, scene and like as he the whole hospital scene was fucking rad. But then, like, I also enjoyed just the um, it, it just ended on doubt. Like, there's a certain untrust, un- uncertainness between uh, Bella and. Uh, what the fuck? You know, Pedro Pascal. Joel. She knows. Joel. Right? She knows he's lying. She knows. Like, she has reason to believe he's lying. She doesn't know why he's lying, but, you know, she's like, why did I wake up in the back of a car in a hospital gown? Like, what the fuck? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, I thought it was really good. Um, I, I love a zombie apocalypse that's really more about which you know i stopped watching walking dead after like seven episodes of season one so but uh, you know i, I think i got all i know enough i did that three. i did that i know enough to know that eventually it's not so much about the zombies as much as it's about your fellow man and this show just cuts the bullshit it's like no it's your fellow man that's really gonna be fucking dangerous out there not so much the zombie hordes those are fine that's a problem but your fellow man you really gotta watch out for it's true. Um, so I enjoyed that aspect. We just we just cut the bullshit, the pretense of zombies. Like, no, 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 that happened. But it's really about the destruction of society and what emerges from its ashes. That's a pretty good assessment. Yeah. Um, but I I do have some news to share with you guys. By the way. Oh. Um, I, thought so, just, I thought you were going to dance around politics all night, so you didn't have to make any comments or have to take a stance on anything. No, this is going to be a soft introduction to the news because I, I think that you two will, will find this kind of interesting. So Lance Reddick passed away this week. Yes. Uh, he, I'm trying to think of where. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to think of which shows I know him from because he's super famous. Well, he's in all the John Wicks. Yeah, so John Wick, The Wire. Oh, Resident Evil. The Wire. Yeah. He's in a bunch of stuff. Like, he's always like. He's fantastic. He's like a, Sinister dude, usually. Sometimes he's funny. He's fan- I, I think he's. I think he's always been great. Um, at any rate, oh, he's in Bosch. So, I loved Bosch. So uh, a friend of mine in Tacoma that I like, I just go by his house occasionally, like once a week, to just smoke pot and you know hang out. As it turns out, his girlfriend is a um, senior exec or director for Bungie by Microsoft. Um, <coughs> in directs their um their narrative so she's a, a narrative director at any rate lance reddick had been hired for for one project or another to be a voice actor on this video game 
So that was he's just a, a little bit. Of, uh, how's that? He's in Destiny. He's the voice yeah, actor. Yeah, I Destiny. saw something about that. Yeah, I don't know what that game is, but yeah, I saw people really upset. It's a new. It's like a new generation of Halo. But yeah, he was a. Oh. Oh. He's the voice actor in Destiny Two. I think. Destiny, Destiny, yeah. Sorry, and Hellboy. Aaron. Yeah, he's in Hellboy. So, yeah. which one of those is Microsoft's specific? Ooh, I don't uh, know. He's in Horizon Forbidden West as well. That's right, and that is definitely a Microsoft game, right? Uh, Bungie is Destiny no, Two. No, 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 it's not. No, because it's <laughs> no, on PlayStation. Yeah, Desti- For, yeah, it's on Destiny Two is Bungie, which is Microsoft. Well, Desti- yeah. I mean, yeah, Destiny. Uh, Bungie does Destinies, Aaron. Okay. So, who else is happy that Trump was not arrested this week? Yeah. Oh, man. Like, I actually was stoked, like, this week. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, if he's going to tell everyone he's being arrested on Tuesday, we're absolutely fucking not arresting him on Tuesday. Go fuck yourself, dude. He raised $1.5 million uh, from supporters who just, like, cashed him, cash after him. God, one point five. The grift mil. is amazing. Uh, bomb scare gets called in on the place where they're doing the grand jury hearing, grand jury testimonies. I think. So I think because aren't they aren't they doing grand jury right now to see if there's even a basis for an indictment? Pretty much, yep. like it's all still very much up in the air, <laughs> and it's all related to the Stormy Daniels hush money, I guess. Which is super weird because uh, Michael. I thought all that was Michael settled Co- already. Who's, it's not Michael Cohen. Who's in jail right now? It's, it's not Cohen. It's uh, Avi Michael. Uh, da, 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 da. Anyway, it's Michael. His Fuck, yeah. His his lawyer is in jail. He's a scummy dude. Like, which is funny about when this rela- is relatable. So the same lawyer that's in jail, Avenatti, for this, for this. The lawyer that's in jail for this. For this, we also represented uh, on Netflix. There's this whole documentary about uh, these. This kid was mad that he thought he was going to win a jet from Pepsi. Yes. And Michael Avenatti is actually the lawyer for in the Pepsi. '90s who represented that case. It's yeah. Like, holy shit. Aaron, do you remember? Um, you remember Pepsi points? All of us remember Pepsi points. Of course. Aaron? I don't remember that at all. Oh, but really? It, apparently it happened. Oh, dude, yeah. I used to I save know. up Pepsi points because I wanted to go play like tennis against Andre Agassi, I think. Or you could play soccer with Mia Hamm. Um, who's the who's the big, who's the captain for the U.S. team back in the 90s? Um, the, oh, probably, uh, what's his name, the bad hairline? Uh, he's bald now, isn't he? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but Landon, Don- Landon, Landon Donovan. Donovan. Anyway, uh, so one of, Aaron, do you know what... Um, what documentary Cody's talking about the 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 kid who it's w- called Dude Where's My Jet? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. It's so, actually surprisingly captivating. So during this, it like, shouldn't be, but it is during Pepsi points. Uh, one of the things they put up is I think the Harrier had just been introduced, and so Pepsi uh, it lands in front of the like a middle and so school. Pepsi says if you save up like. A hundred million, or one billion, or one million Pepsi point. It was something absurdly high, but effectively, if you save up X amount of points, we'll call it a million just for the sake, right? I think a million's right. Yeah, then you get a free jet. So this kid was like, "All right, not a problem," and he saves up a million Pepsi points, and then he tries. Well, to he keep- doesn't just save up a million; he devises a whole scheme 
where he like knows some rich dude who's willing to front him the cash to buy this as much Pepsi as he would need to tear off all this stuff and submit the coupons. Yep. The coupons. Yeah, and then he takes it to Pepsi, and Pepsi goes, oh, we weren't serious. There's no jet. We actually, they're like, well, we can't legally sell you a jet. And he's like, he looks up all these laws, like, actually, you can once it's been decommissioned. <laughs> like, just pokes holes this whole thing. I mean, obviously, he never gets the jet, but If he just he put a Yugoslavian it. flag in his front yard, then the government would have given him jets. And no. Probably. Yeah. Wait, who were we fighting? That's in pretty the, who good. Were, who were we arming in the mid nineties? Oh, uh, Bosnia. Yeah, it'd be Bosnia. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Greeks gave it's them a lot of planes. Um, yeah. So yeah. So Trump's lawyer, who is currently in jail for a Stormy Daniels hush money case, of which Trump is worried that he's going to be arrested for, um, also represents Pepsi. And I'm glad you brought that up. Did I send y'all? Did I send y'all the Trump statement on Ron DeSantis? Mm, I mean, he does a lot of statements about Ron DeSantis. Yeah, but my, is this the one where he refers to him as Meatball Ron? No, no, is no, this no, one no. where he's Ron DeSanctimonious? Well, he's yeah, he's Ron, he's Ron DeSanctimonious in this one. Um, I don't think. Yeah, I, I love the idea. Like, oh yeah, Meatball Ron, like. Wait, so we're doing, like, anti-Italian stuff now? <laughs> what the fuck's going on? Wouldn't be the first time for for America to be anti-Italian, right? Yeah. Right. I didn't know which direction I wanted to go with this. Uh, but let me read you this statement. Um, this is, oh, God, it, I don't know why. This statement right here just makes me so very happy because because as I'm reading it, I just want you to think of all the specifically MAGA Trump uh, MAGA talking points so anything that Trump or Boebert or uh, Green Gates or or uh, child raping Gates or um, even even uh, <laughs> fucking dickhead who's the speaker of the house right now uh, even him Kevin, Kevin, McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy yeah so yeah. as I'm reading this just think about every MAGA talking point and uh, see how many times Donald Trump contradicts himself. Or or even better, think about all your super anti-woke family who post on Facebook and think about all their crazy anti-woke stuff that they post um, and see how many times this contradicts itself. So, statement by Donald J. Trump, 45th President of the United States of America. Now that Ron DeSanctimonious is finally admitting he's in the race by beginning to fight back, and now that his polls have crashed so he has no other choice, let me explain the facts. He is, for a Republican, an average governor. He got <laughs> 1.2 million votes less in Florida than me. Two different races. He yeah, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> he fought for massive cuts in Social Security and Medicare, because we care about those now, and wanted Social Security minimum age to be raised to 70 years old, or more. He is a disciple. He's going after the over 60 vote, I guess. He is a disciple of Paul Ryan and did whatever Ryan told him to do. Florida has been successful for many years long before I put Ron there. It's amazing what ocean and sunshine will do. Exclamation point. 
Surprise, Ron was a big lockdown governor on the China virus. Wait, what? Whoa. Surprise. Still going there. Ron was a big lockdown governor on the China virus, sealing all beaches and everything else for an extended period of time. Was third worst in the nation in COVID-19 deaths, losing 86,294 people. No fucking shit he was third worst in this. Third worst for total number cases at 7,516,906. Yeah, those go hand in hand because he didn't lock down the state. Dude, uh, all these things. <laughs> other like, rep- obviously, it's all lack. Keep going. It keep gets going. better. It gets better. Other Republican governors did much better than Ron. And because I allowed them this quote unquote freedom, never closed their states. Remember, I left that decision up to the governor. For COVID night or for COVID death rates per state, Ron, as governor of Florida, did worse than New York. <laughs> In education, I'd like I I don't even want to keep going, but I have to. In education, Florida ranks among the worst in the country. <laughs> yep. And on crime statistics, Florida ranked third worst in murder, third worst in rape, and third worst in aggravated assault. Yep. For 2022, Jacksonville was ranked as one of the top 25 major crime cities in the country, with Tampa and Orlando not doing much better. On education, Florida ranks number 39... On education, Florida ranks number 39 in health and safety in the country. What? On education, Florida ranks number 39 in health and safety in the country, number 50 in affordability, and number 30 in education and child care. Hardly greatness there! That was all caps exclamation points. That's why I raised my voice. The fact is, Ron is an average governor, but, but the best by far in the country in one category public relations where he easily ranks number one but it is all mirage just look at the facts and figures they don't lie and we don't want ron as our president so much to unpack like every single one of his stats lack any sort of context that give any of that meaning and most of it contradicts itself each other as you mentioned it Florida has been essentially a uh, a proving ground for most of the big Republican ideas. So basically, Trump unknowingly is saying all the ideas you guys think are cool are all failing in this state. There's so much to take in there. Is there a, <sighs> is there a uh, Republican that could be considered a moderate? Because uh, I, I've been hyper, I, I've been hyper focused on the like weird Republican. Are talking, are talking the Republican. Donald Trump or the um, uh, who's the Kentucky guy, McConnell, uh, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham. Wait, so another one. When you say McConnell is, there, is definitely not a moderate. Is your when you're saying is well, there that's a Republican? Exactly my point. Is there not. a Republican who can be considered a moderate? Are you saying Republican governor, senator, or just a Republican in general? Senior Republican official. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, eh, I mean, I guess Liz Cheney, Liz Cheney. Um, Adam Kinzinger would have been, but he he resigned or stopped running for office, whatever. Kinzinger, uh, where was he from? Oh fuck, uh, California, mm. something like that. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm just yeah, curious, I mean, that's like, moderate Republican, uh, Romney, Utah. That, that'd be one, I guess. Adam Kitzinger. Uh, I, vote, I voted Illinois. for Romney. That was my first presidential election that I was uh, around for. I, I think I was deployed for one, but I didn't get the ballot. And, two and, for two Obamas. Uh, Bush. Yeah. Uh, Bush Jr. was my first presidential election. 2004. I got to see Obama speak oh, at the Texas State campus. Was in, uh, it was awesome. Maybe it was in basic training, or maybe I was just getting to Iraq, and all the information just did not make its way. Like yeah. the overseas voting thing is great, but it sucks. You know, it does. It really terrible. does. Personally, I don't think we should let you boys vote if you're overseas. Yeah, no, that's mail-in mail ballots. I believe in it. Um, out there in some other country, be influenced by some dang third world politics I, I believe, trying know, to I, make decisions for me. I think you got to take a hard stance on that one. Uh, I think you got to take if if you are a MAGA Republican, I think you have to take a hard stance on that. Yeah, you troops can't vote. You either allow mail-in ballots, period, or fuck the troops, or you don't allow them. Period, no exceptions. Period, no exceptions. Um, you're in the hospital, can't vote. Too bad. Fuck them. Um, you're deployed. Really, like able-bodied Americans. That's right. You are deployed defending um, democracy, which we have not done since, I don't know, 1940, what, five? Um, then, yeah, fuck it. You should have taken leave and come home to vote. That's your fault. Uh, I guess you're not that much of a patriot. Um, yeah, that hard. That's my that's my hot take. Ban them all or not. Uh, Fuck it, Aaron. Yeah. To answer your question, yes, there are very moderate Republicans out there, just like there are very moderate Democrats. Uh, your moderate Democrats are going to be those two dickheads, uh, Kirsten Cinema and um, wait, Kirsten. Oh yeah, because she. So what happened? So she's no longer a Democrat. What did she decide to be? She's an independent. Independent. Okay, so just a Republican too ashamed to say they're a Republican. Yes. Got it. Um, and I can't, I can't think of who that other, I'll think of him here in a second. Um, the other guy who sank the, sank one of the votes, uh, with Kirsten. Oh, man. Since when did like yeah, pragmatism not rule your rhetoric? You know, like I think it's okay to take a hard stance on a handful of things. Uh, y you know, I, I, I definitely agree with, uh, supporting Planned Parenthood, um, because now you just have like weirdos who are like he's a flip flopper because he found more information that made him change his mind. How can you trust anything he ever says again? Have y'all watched? Um, I highly, what if he learned something new? I highly recommend that'll change his mind again. Highly recommend y'all uh, get on Hulu and watch the show Accused. It's a new show on Fox. Um, it's a each week is an independent story. It's kind of like a Black Mirror thing, um, but it's all about oh. somebody who's been accused of a crime, how they got there, what the end result is. Um, but they do a really good one on truthers. Um, and it's all fictional, right? So it's all fictional. School shooting, and this lady goes through, and is and Alex Jones is the whole thing. But it's really good. Those are not the hard stances you probably need to take. Um, the hard stances, I agree with what Aaron says, is, hey, I support Planned Parenthood. I support women's reproductive health uh just because you don't support abortion it's more than that. well if a man says it's okay <sighs> yeah yeah i suppose 
I suppose you could disagree with it, but I would I'd really prefer um, Planned Parenthood or abortion sites to be free and clear of protesters. You know, what, Aaron, maybe I you th- should just plan to be a parent and shut up. I mean, <laughs> I've heard that rhetoric before. Oh, it's all it Planned Parenthood. I need one of the <laughs> one of the things that I've that I've loved in the past. You raw dog or you gnaw dog? Yeah. <laughs> one of the things I've loved in the past year or so, uh, you when guys. you're talking, when you're talking policy and moving forward towards election, uh, this is my this is my view on it. It may be right, may be wrong, but it seems like the conservative side of the of the political party is focused on culture wars right now. They don't care about... So, of course, the economy is always going to be a thing. Left and right will always say the economy. Um, gas prices, the, the cost of paper towels, or whatever the case may be. But when it comes to moving... Hey, are we still mad about eggs? I think so. Is that a thing still? I think we're mad about eggs and gas. Okay. Just making sure. Aaron, are, are we mad about eggs in Seattle or Tacoma? I mean, food's expensive, dude. I'll leave it at that. Food's it's really expensive right now. It's a good so day. It's a good day when I can go to the grocery store and get out for less than seventy five dollars. I will tell you that. Oh, good. I yeah, just you're god. I assume right I'm doing two hundred bucks a week. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I keep mine down to. Uh, grocery groceries has become bigger than my gas bill when I was or yeah than my gas bill. Uh, I try to keep groceries below, and this is absurd. I try to keep groceries below five hundred dollars a month for two people. I would and say that's like when, food line. You're talking about groceries. Like I don't want there to be a, anything that gets thrown out. So I'm like being very like picky about like what the meals are because if we can scrape that thing out till the very last drop and you're not sick of it, like that's a good mark. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, what we found the real fear is getting sick from it from <laughs> keeping it too long. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, we've all, we've all hit some we've all hit some diet plans, eating some some food that maybe was in that fridge too long. Um, but well, I don't let it sit in there for more than three days before I'm yeah. like, it's out. So you know, Br- Brittany loves to eat a five day old lasagna. Gross. <laughs> I let certain God, foods go like oh, God days. Bless I almost her. fell. Karma almost fell. <laughs> all right, uh, Cody, you're off Twitter. No, Aaron, you're off Twitter. Both of you are uh, on Instagram. I'm on ish. You're on ish. Aaron, you're uh, off all social media. Yeah. Okay. So you don't get to see the culture war that is raged by the conservatives versus real problems raised Just by everything. progressives. Um, and that's one thing I've noticed is it, the the I'm excited for. I am excited for next year's presidential election because I can't wait to hear the question, what is your plan for the economy? And somebody go, well, the Kick problem out the with trannies. America is the trans. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. Yeah. And Disney. Like, and If we could just make the trans stop, stocks will go up. Yeah. Banks will stop failing if you don't go woke. Because you know what they say. If you go woke, you go broke. No one's gone broke yet. Why do they keep saying that? No, the, uh, SVB did. 
So oh, they did. Valley That's Bay. one. Five, Wait, it took a long time for one. They went. They went woke by having all those white people. Uh, the one black person, one black and guy, the, the one, one veteran. Real quick, because I think something gay. that would really resonate with me when it comes to revamping the economy would be to come out and say the best thing for America is to decrease uh, Americans' baseline. And I think one way that we can... Uh, what do you mean about baseline? What is the bottom dollar? What we're talking about is like, what is the bottom dollar it takes to, to scrape on by when times are lean? And in my mind, that is our transportation system. I think that we waste yeah. so much time and energy driving and it it gives me such deep rage to just get stuck in traffic. I got stuck in traffic today on my way back uh, from that bike ride. Yesterday when I was out on the bike ride, there was so much traffic that it was it was very dangerous for me to ride as a cyclist. But I also know what it's like to be on the other side of that where you're stuck in the car for hours and it's more pollutants that are burned um it's more irritated uh consumers and it slows down the transportation of goods and materials like there are ripple effects from these things there was um a train you know uh that derailed years back and that caused backups for i think 24 36 hours and that is absolutely insane so if you could find a way to utilize public transportation so that people are forced to look at it um, like a more viable option, but it's a cheaper option as well, I think that that, that helps. That's, that's a big piece of it. Like, like we, we talk about government subsidy programs, and, and what I didn't recognize when you talk about a government subsidy program is that the government says they're going to kick in dollars for this physical item, um, and it's going to be reduced in cost for somebody, right? Well, I, I find that transportation is purely a taxpayer um, commodity, and it's not even that good. So why not move away from the car and move towards public transportation in a thoughtful way I th- i'm thinking like bullet trains it's uh, crazy that the your, europeans your... thought about that like 60 years ago uh, hey look i will give it to the europeans that they have a much smaller apparatus to to put all that that's together that's not necessarily true at all like we always say that like oh you know but the way europe is built on now, a macro scale you're not wrong because europe in size and in population could be comparable. And they've had to negotiate between actual countries saying like, all right, our rails is now going to go to your rails. Think how complicated that was at the, you know, the onset. And they've well, done I mean, it. Let's, let's, let's America, keep pounding this one away. Cause guess what? You have to build these infrastructures with the Germans. Unions, first of all, the Germans had six years to perfect their rail system and they did it really well. So between actually they, they had longer than six. They had well, from between, 1933 until 1944. Weren't the Germans the ones that engineered our, 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 um, 
train apparatus? Well, from 1939 to 1945, the German rail system was extremely efficient in moving people not only within Germany, the but Italian also rail Poland, system was really to good Czech too. Poland, uh, to Czech Republic, over to Austria. Um, so, like, they really pioneered this whole thing. Um, some would like say they were at... able to effectively move about a million people um, around several countries. One could all say, like, wow, look at all those docks, Al. Oh, the docks, Al. <laughs> Aaron, uh, yeah, so I, I did. I think that's one way that you can immediately um, improve the economy is to. I agree with you. I like so, But that only puts more people to I work about because the train. it takes. It talk, it, you have to build these things with trade unions, and trade unions but, are fair wage so let's uh, look places at, to go. Because you brought up two really good points. Uh, and. And I just want to I want to play devil's advocate on this. Uh, you brought up really two really good points. And one of those is public transportation is a good thing and we need to utilize it. And the second thing that you brought up is the size of America compared to how Western Europe operates their rail system. Um, so to put it in perspective, Texas is bigger than France. Everybody knows Texas is bigger than France, right? Um, Texas is like the same size as yes. France. Texas is bigger by f- bigger than France. Um, by two centimeters. Yeah, whatever okay. the case may be. Well, I mean, you're talking 30 million people in Texas. It's got to be bigger than France. But France has like 48 million people. But when you look at the roads in Texas versus the roads in France, it's much like the roads in Germany or other places like that. Those roads, for the most part, are the original roads that were traveled, right? So the highway between Paris and Nice... Um, yeah, I'm sure there's there's going to be some improvement, stuff like that. But a lot of that is original road that was traveled. And that's, and that's how that's built. Um, but it's also, that system has been in place for so long. Like, that rail system over there has been in place for so much longer than anything has been in place other than... But the, rail the train came to America at the same time, maybe by five years versus it. Europe. I got it right, but what are we do? But what are we doing in Texas, or what are we doing in America with our trains? We're going manifest destiny, right? So our yeah. point is to connect the railroads of California to the railroads of Virginia or wherever it was coming. New through. York, New York, yeah. yeah. So we've we've already got our manifest destiny. Now we're trying to drive the golden spike, and we have the how fast can we build east to west rails and connect the left side to the right side? Um, our rail system is built around moving commodities from New York to Los coast Angeles. Coast to coast. Yep. It's built from moving, um, moving stuff from major port to major port, from Houston to the rest of the world, from Seattle to the rest of the country, right? Like that's what it's meant for, and that's how we became this massive economy. Um, is yeah, bu- we didn't give a shit about passenger rail. For yeah, the most it's part. it's how do we get how do we get stuff from Middle America to the ports and get it from the ports to you know how do we get steel out of Chicago into Europe, um, stuff like that. So logistically, there's a huge problem there too. Look at the what the Am- well, that's uh, where the Edmund Fitzgerald is a, a funny story where the uh, you know that they is a funny oil. story. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about transportation. Good one, though. Um, you got I just, want, I just thought like a shipwreck was funny. That's all. So, oh, like I, I don't want to derail you. But you get you get really famous like Amtrak. Everybody knows Amtrak, right? So Amtrak's the big rail 
company in um is it the only is it the only like uh transportation rail in the country no i think there's other other private rails i think there's other private rail systems aren't there i don't know like i've never heard of any other train i could take besides amtrak if i want to go from like here to new orleans but i mean you get to do stuff so like amtrak the amtrak crescent crescent the amtrak crescent is one of my famous one of my favorite routes um it goes from new orleans to maine goes from new orleans to maryland um from big apple to the big easy goes new york city to uh to new orleans right but you're talking about booking these things um and you're into thousands of dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's it's you might as well get a flight. Uh, so like for us, our experience of going to Fort Worth and back was badass. It was seventy bucks round trip for two of us to take the train to Fort Worth and back. Was it the same amount of time as driving? Roughly, but less headaches in my opinion. And so like two two and a half hours on a train or three hours on a train, cool. Now, take that same train from Austin to New Orleans, and all of a sudden, it's that 10-hour drive is now 18 hours. It's, it gets a little nutty. Yeah, and I think... And it gets more expensive. All of a sudden, it's like $450 to go to New Orleans versus like your take of gas. So, I guess my question for Aaron would be, do you do it, do you do it like Europe does, where... Um, Deutsche Bahn is it's a government run train that operates across the country so the train that operate that gets you from uh, Seattle to Olympia is the same train that gets me from Houston to Dallas is the same one that gets you from San Diego to Sacramento you know gets you from Miami to Atlanta Um, or because we're capitalist whores do we privatize the entire system and end up like Ohio. So someone's going to say privatize the train it'll be better you, and it's going to be worse. What's your solution there? <laughs> I mean, what's not your solution, but like what do you see that as? I think um we should make that a a government program. I think they privatize would. power in California and power is worse there. We didn't have, there was no rolling blackouts in California until they deregulated the electric industry yeah because everybody looks at it in terms of how can we operate this at a cheaper line how Um, to make this cheaper right and i'm not saying that that's not important i absolutely agree with that but we're not talking about the difference between you know um unleaded and you know silver at chevron right like there are certain places that we can't cut corners when we're talking about infrastructure. So why would we cut infrastructure for um, government programs in terms of uh, transportation? Well, right now this administration is not cutting. We are building back better and... I mean, we're we're funding. We're building for cars. We are that fun- is all I can see. In every direction that I go, I see more infrastructure that is geared towards motor America over a not motor America. I I find it a deplorable solution to getting to the work site that it costs 
$500 a month. That is my bottom line for driving my car. That is driving it all, like in that's not even 10,000 miles a year. Um, it, it's not a lot of mileage, but I think it's a deplorable dollar amount. I think it should be cheaper for, for most people. And, and I know that I, I, my, I have a, a gas guzzler, so it's a little bit more expensive. Um, so when I go to buy my next vehicle, I'm, I'm definitely going to gear it towards a more economic solution. Maybe like a 92 Corolla or Camry. Like I used to have Wait, a 92 Corolla. Why would you get a 92 Corolla? Well, I had one. I picked up JM with that rink a dink car, but that got a lot of great gas mileage. You could just die in that thing. It was a Coke can for sure. But you know, it, it was the, the bottom line. It was just so cheap. It was unbelievable. I mean like $150 a month to drive that thing, maybe 200. So you know, I, I just, I, I think of transportation as a way of putting money back in Americans' pot pockets. When you can um, incentivize public transportation, it, it, it really changes how much people really actually need to spend. And you don't really have to think about it as much when you're not driving a lot. So I'm, I got to back, I got to backtrack on my statement because I was my, uh, my Amtrak Crescent. Uh, New Orleans to New York was New York City. Uh, I was looking at a vacation package. Uh, it's going to cost you about four hundred dollars round trip. Oh, I just saw I can take the train from Nor for uh, from Austin to New Orleans for seventy four bucks for like Halloween. Yeah. Um, I I don't I'm not discounting what you're so saying. I think if you so if devil's you advocate plan here, it out, you can get to Portland for sixty five bucks there and back, and Portland's three hours away. Um, so you just catch the, the 12 o'clock train, you're in Portland by, by happy hour. So right? how do you, how do you tax that? Because the people, Heavily. In, because the people in whatever Wyoming don't care. That does them I think no good. You tax it by volume. Personally, you, I think we send in federal troops and make them care. You can you can tax that by volume, and then make sure that uh, trains run to uh, county uh, chairs, and that there is um, services at the county chair, and and maybe the county chair um, needs two trips a day, one at eight a or nine a.m. and then one at four p.m. You know, um, it. And it connects to the state capital, and that that's that's your con your connection to I'll do you Greater one. America. Or it's again by volume, where you could think of it like there's Oklahoma City, there's Dallas, there's Georgetown and Austin, and then there's San Antonio and Houston. Just it's a line. It it follows this almost the same lines as your interstate system. Yeah, no, I, and I get that. I get. Do that. you hate that? I okay, I, no, hold on. I don't hate I it. I, I hear something I have that wrong, by the way. Did I or did I get my cities right? No, you got your cities right. Uh, so I don't hate it. I think the issue is scale. Like I think truly the issue is scale. So I think you do it. Going cross country is an expensive excursion. No, and, and I, I think, think I think it starts out, um, in each state. It goes city to city. So it goes Seattle to Olympia to 
you know, what maybe Tacoma to Seattle. Um, and then you have whatever your like your four, three major cities in Texas, you go, you have a line to Houston, to San Antonio, to Dallas. Like it's going to get you there and maybe we'll get you from San Antonio to El Paso. Um, and in California, it just runs, was that the 101? Uh, it runs from San Diego to the Sacramento. Five. Yeah, the five. It's just going to run you from San Diego to Sacramento. Um, so maybe main lines connect, like, say, the BART, which is the Bay Area Rapid Transit. Maybe there's a, a one line that gets you to Portland, which whatever Multnomah County is, and then you have one that gets from Multnomah County to King County, which is uh, Seattle. Are you talking like maybe speed lines in between those those major metros? I mean, maybe. Um, I'd be more interested to see what the government could do getting you from um, Seattle to New York. Mm. You know, I think that's where the money, I think that's where the use is. Are you willing to spend 10 hours on a trip? So right now, like, I'm looking at this Amtrak Crescent, right? So I'm just going back to It takes to 13 to 15 fucking hours to get from no, no. From Austin to New Orleans is a 27-hour yeah. odyssey. So it's 30 hours from Atlanta to New York. All right. And we're still thinking in terms of, of calling transportation um, an American overhaul industry. So it doesn't have to just be train. Like, if we can move Americans... And, and get more Americans back to the bottom dollar of what it costs to actually just move. Where can we go? Well, you can't. I mean, that's it. Like train at this point, train is the most efficient thing. If you're talking long distance, short distance is going to be a metro. It's going to be the bus, um, which cities have already implemented really well, or subway system, which the cities have implemented, right? Uh, but long distance, it's going to be trains. Trains are the most efficient way to move long people at a lower cost. Um, the people that can't afford a $600 ticket between Dallas and Atlanta probably can afford an 80 to to $100 ticket between Dallas and Atlanta. If they're willing yeah. to eat. What do you think? What, what does Based the airline on these time industry look like? What does the airline industry look like? Garbage. I don't know the last Better time. Better than trails. Than, like, uh, other than, I don't know the last time you flew. Um, was it for my wedding? Because it was. Flights are terrible. Flights are absolutely horrendous. This is not the 1990s anymore, where flying was luxurious and affordable and wonderful. Yeah, people are in sweatpants. It's fucking. That's nothing rude. Do, it has nothing to do with that. But I mean, yes, it that's does. A fortune. It has something it's to do a with that. Fortune to to go sit in a bus seat. It's a fortune to go sit in a bus. Seat. I mean, we we effectively call got it for what it is. Leaving walkers. The seats are terrible. I thought the fucking the seats on the Amtrak were amazing because of how bad they are in flights now. Yeah, I mean, leaving Walker's funeral in December, we effectively got told to fuck off when our flight got delayed in Austin and we changed planes in Dallas and they're like, well, if you don't make it, you don't make it and it's an 11 o'clock or, mid or 10 o'clock connecting flight and they're like, well, it sucks, we'll just, you know, you can figure it out tomorrow. I'm like, I can't figure it out tomorrow because I have to be at work tomorrow. Why are you doing this? Um, yeah, the airline industry is horrendous. I don't disagree with you, Aaron. I just, scale is an issue. Um, for me, like, that's that's the issue I see. It's probably the same reason that 
Canada doesn't have a major <laughs> major metro that runs between all their cities. Uh, just our scale is huge. Yeah, our east to west is pretty bad. Even our north to south is horrendous. Uh, I mean, get from get from Dallas to Chicago. That's a hike. You're talking a 20-hour drive. So if plans have been... Uh, yeah, but you can get Chicago to um, Milwaukee, can't you? You can get uh, Milwaukee to Minneapolis, can't you? Well, those are the Twin Cities, aren't they? Aren't they just right across the river from each other? No, that's St. Paul and Minneapolis. I'm sorry. Um, mm. Yeah, I, and that's why I was saying is I like your idea. I just think it has to start internally. But it has to start with the government builds... They build the infrastructure between the major cities. So they... And again, that's why I use California, right? So California, you get San Diego to Sacramento. That's that's a, it's a major city up north. That's a major city down south. Um, New York's a little bit different. Maybe you get one between Albany and New York City, and then they connect you to, you know, to to Trenton or something in New Jersey. Uh, maybe you get one that's like Philly to, um, oh God, what's the other, what's the other major city? Why can I not think of the other major city in Pennsylvania? Um, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, right? So you get east to west there. You get Philly to Pittsburgh. Uh, but what do you do in Illinois? You get, what, Joliet to Chicago? Or do you just go Madison to Chicago? Something Wisconsin or something in Michigan, maybe? Detroit to Chicago? No, it'd be like Kansas St. City. Louis or Indianapolis. Yeah. Like it's. So that's what I'm saying is it. Uh, and then you look at it would be great to go from Atlanta to Nashville or Atlanta to Charlotte. But those already are, but those already exist with Amtrak. Like Amtrak can get you there. Amtrak runs across the entire country. Yeah, it's just not high speed and it takes a long fucking time. It takes for That's the problem. it takes forever, but it can get you from New York to Chicago. It's just going to take you, you 15 hours we, to do it. We also live in like a world of tight timelines. Like you don't have no one wants to spend their entire PTO day or two PTO days on a fucking train and then do vacation and then do another two days of travel. Yeah. Man, how did we get here? I don't know. Aaron, once again... It was a hard stance. As, as, as president, I believe that revamping America's transportation system is my number one priority. There you go. All right. It's my hard stance. All right, so I brought it up last week. I brought it up last week because I think Aaron just softballed this one. I think he just refused to take a hard political stance on this. So, Aaron, I brought it up at the end of the episode last week, and I'm going to make you take a hard political stance. Conservatives are anti-big government. Ron DeSantis wants to take over Disney. He doesn't want to take over Disney, but he wants to control what people in Florida can and can't learn. Is that big government? He wants, he wants to make the road shittier to Disneyland, that's for sure. Is that big government? I think it is. Right. State government is still huge and ineffective. Well, especially in Florida. Um, so I've got questions about the Florida stuff. DeSantis just came on our radar. Um, what? John Oliver introduced me to DeSantis. You Wait, guys have talked about it. You've not, you've not been Let like, me finish, though. So... Okay. 
So so my experience has only been in the last month of 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 listening to uh, the things that influence me, I guess. Um, you didn't know about so Meatball the Trump Ron? stuff. Uh, no, that's new as of the John Oliver this year, whenever that was. Um, s- but the the don't say gay bill, I've got questions about because there's a podcast that I listen to. Aaron, that, stop saying it. We can't say anymore. Right, right. But um, this the guy that got on there was like, you know, they say that this is what the bill is, but all that the bill is trying to illustrate is that they're shouldn't be pornographic imagery in okay. schools. And so I was like, I, that feels like implicit, but he suggested that it was, I can't remember what the word okay. so was the don't or say, the verbiage, but he's like. The title, Don't Say Gay, is very misleading. The Democrats did a very good job of of yeah, marketing, to you. Of marking, marketing this one. Uh, but it okay. reads that classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or in a manner there that is go. not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. So they, that's where it gets a little screwed. So this is where it gets so, so it says this, you can't talk. This absolutely. Sorry, it supports what this interviewee was saying. So keep going. It talks about it. You have to be. The last sentence is where it gets screwy, right? So Mm -hmm. it says you can't. When they say "don't say gay," it means you can't tell a kid that. Yeah, sure, you like boys, so you may be gay. Um, When they're in kindergarten through age three, so basically five through nine years old, or whatever the math on that is. Um, but where it gets screwy is. In accordance, or sorry, in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. So all that means is now the state only has to go in and say these are the state standards and you can't teach it to anybody until they're in college. Or at least until they fail out of high school because they rank 39th in education or whatever it was. Um, that's what yeah. You're screwed. just you're just making more rules for educators now, which in a place like Florida yeah. is is probably not a place where you need more rules. You need to think like more Montessori style. You're couple like, that with their anti CRT bill, and all right, of a sudden, right, right. all of a sudden, you have all these educators, and you have all these uh, ISDs who are now scared shitless to go outside or even towards the line of what they're supposed to or allowed to teach that they're essentially just fucking taking away anything of substance. So I will say that it is it is nice to see that um, Greg Abbott has no presidential aspirations because between Florida and Texas. Uh, you know Greg Abbott. He doesn't stand for anything. Hey, oh, old Wheels McGee over there. So Hot Wheels Abbott, um, who, you know what, that's that's terrible. I shouldn't be saying it, but fuck it, I don't care. Um, so if take if, a hard stance, JM. Yeah, up. no. If Abbott had any presidential uh, aspirations, there, the him and DeSantis would be. They would have, <laughs> they would be going at each other, and who could fuck up their state the most conservatively before they ran 
So you have you have DeSantis doing. Um, so first is the don't say gay bill. Uh, DeSantis willing to take it all the way. So Abbott, he's does fighting, not have the stomach he's for it. Fighting, he's fighting Disney over um, Disney's ability to be a private company and uh, you know a multi billionaires, which. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that like the whole conservative ideal is get your money? Like that's their whole thing is get your money. Um, now be it's like as rich as you want, now it's, um, but you can't be rich and be international icons and tell people what to do. So now the small government has to step in and take your anyway, whatever the case may be. Um, and then Texas between anti-drag bills um, and abortion yeah. bans is in an arms race. So Abbott and Abbott and DeSantis are basically in an arms race to see who can be the most MAGA state ever. Um, there's my hard stance. Is the only reason Texas is not nearly in the news as much as Florida is is because Governor Abbott's never going to be a president. Um it's just not going to happen. I don't know. Uh, but, Aaron, to go back to what you were saying, uh, they are looking to expand uh, the the gender identity bill in Florida. Don't say gay uh, to all grades. The rule change would ban lessons on sexual orientation and gender identity from... 4 to 12, unless required by existing state standards, which there are no standards in Florida, or as part of reproductive health instruction that students can choose not to take, which if Lauren Boebert gets her way, nobody's going to be allowed to be taught reproductive health. That's how you end up sexy grandmas like Lauren Boebert. Is she a grandma now? Yeah, her 17-year-old kid is uh, got somebody pregnant. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> she's like, she's thir- forty. No, she's not. Because no, not even. She's like thirty-seven, like thirty-three. Because I believe she was a sixteen-year-old mom. <laughs> and if I'm not mistaken, I think her mom was a nineteen-year-old mom. Man, I think the the whole like Palin's kids pumping out kids like really sank her image as a viable conservative. I can't remember. Not that she didn't have star. She's 36. Not that she didn't have star power. She's your age. So she's a 19. Not that she didn't have star power. But once her kids start popping out all those unwed kids and doing messy stuff on MTV. She's Aaron's. She was never going to be president. She's Aaron's age. Aaron, you're 36. Um, 34. Yeah. Cody, you're 36. Middle age. I'm not 36. Are you 35? I'm yeah. I'm, dude, I'm 35. Another three months. Wait, you're going to be 30. to the day. You're going to be 36. Gonna be. Yeah, she's hey, your quick age. question I for. Did 36. I take a? Did I take the hard stance that you asked me to? I'm like, yeah, no, I just love it. In our, I loved it because in our text group, Aaron, you were saying I know how much you hate political conversations, but I just love I love the political conversations. Like I just want to flesh all this shit out and say somewhere that I think Lauren Boebert needs to get just needs to she ought to get her sons we're talking about the wrong get her sons don't you think we're talking about the wrong fucking thing every day what no. um 
in terms of what our political leaders are doing. Well, no. So you know, one of the we're, we're talking about Trump. Like I think I think we're not Stormy talking Daniels and, and paying her off with with hush hush money. Like, why hasn't the GOP cleaned him up and been like, yeah, he's former well, president. No, 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 We've no, got no, our no, new no. guy because, yeah. because he's not he can GOP. Still win. Why aren't we finding comprehensive? Because he is not the GOP. Ways that actually solve more problems. We're talking about like the economy is is doing this this. It's, the economy's taking a fucking shit, Aaron, right? He is and not, we talked about Aaron, he is what the value of money the GOP, is. And the value though. of money is this um, is this made up construct, right? It's like the gold standard. It's stocks. It's um, it's uh, what did we talk? We we said the gold standard is equatable to the uh, blockchain. Yeah, cryptocurrency. But this isn't. You but know? The, that's where I'm saying is he is not the GOP. Donald Trump is not the GOP. They are a subset of the conservative party. They, him, Gates, McConnell, uh, Boebert, Green, uh, Cody, who else, who am I missing here? Um, not even Rand, maybe Rand Paul? Probably Rand Paul. Uh, um, but, Ke- but these people are not, they are a subset of Aaron. Do you remember Tommy the, Tuberville? Uh, uh, you got the, fucking. Uh, this is the this a, is, anyone representing Alabama, East Texas. This is the new Tea Party. Chip Roy. Chip Roy. This is the new Tea Party. That's why. I'm, that's why, like Ron DeSantis, if you want, uh, Governor Abbott, Ken Paxton, um, these people are not. These are not conservatives. They are neocons. Um, I'll call them neocons, maybe. Um, but they are not these are not GOP members and that's what you say we talk about the wrong stuff but you know what did you know about Ron DeSantis three months ago what did you know about him in 2020 during the pandemic when he was making huge news oh I I, I remember some of that I just but that's what I'm saying you know, you, I, I kind of got I guess I got I forgot if about you say him. we're not talking about the right stuff then um, and this is not me. This is not me arguing with you, putting you down or anything. But like, if you say we're not talking about the right stuff, well, if you have it from a top-down perspective, from like a media perspective. Oh no, from the media. Per- but we are like we are the the three of us are a new. Or form as of- the political perspective, like what are politicians putting in in front of um, consumers? The three of us That's- are a new, are the new form of media. They're the. The media mm-hmm. trust has been lost, whether it's CNN or Fox or MSNBC or The Blaze. Um, the media trust has been lost for a huge majority of of the country. And I think both of you would agree. There's a reason that you probably watch last night or last week tonight before you watch CNN. There's probably a reason that... I listen to. Pop. It's frustrating, like when I find holes in John Oliver's argument because I I wish he was he was like comprehensive. But he's a comedian. He's, he's, he's a comedian. Yeah, I guess I guess he glazed over the parts of this Florida bill that are pretty pragmatic. He glaze over um, it. He told you what he wanted you to hear. You are listening. You are watching his show because he presents a point of view that you either find intriguing, or that you agree with. Um, and then he is going to present that in such a way that his audience continues to agree with him and interact with him. I understand mm-hmm. that when I listen to Pod Save America, that they are presenting a certain point of view because all three of these people worked on the Obama administration for eight years, and they present that point of view, right? Vitor. 
and um, and Favreau and uh, Lovett all present the same point of view. It is my job mm. to take that information and say, yep, go look at it and go, yes, they were right. No, they were wrong. These guys are super smart and they're not comedians. It's just, it's very heavily tinged. Um, Oliver is, Oliver's a comedian. Like John Oliver is a comedian. That's like getting your information from Joe Rogan. He, he sucks as a comedian, but he's a comedian. Um, and you, he's doing exactly what we do here. Just yeah, I guess comedian out of and journalist, bubble. you know, is a, is a pretty blurred line. So I mean, everyone's allowed to have an opinion. I think a long time ago, folks confused like journalist reporter versus person talking to microphone, and that it's been really detrimental to. Uh, the American population, because we looked at Bill O'Reilly, we look at Tucker Carlson, we look at Don, uh, what's his name, Lee, what the fuck, the guy that always For yelling stuff, Keith Olbermann, Keith we look Olbermann. at Rachel Maddow, Don Lemon. It's like, yeah, those guys, those are the reporters, and they're not reporters. No, they're, they're entertainers. Just, yeah, there's infotainers. Like they, ha- there's some information out there, but like they're also shaping it. Like they are. Like they should have a thing in the corner that says op-ed <laughs> something right, saying right. like, that's, that's hey, really funny. Like that's the nice thing about a newspaper is you in a Opinion newspaper, section. you've got this, whole, like these are what we believe to be facts. And then the back of that motherfucker, there's, these are op-eds. And at least, you know, this is someone's opinion it's them interpreting interpreting an event or it's them sharing some fucking anecdote that has some larger meaning to it, but you know it's an opinion they're proffering. And that's what sucks about the 24-7 news cycle is there's not enough news, not enough facts to really create a story all day. But thank God we got these guys who will just talk out of their assholes for hours at a time. It's called podcasts. But yeah. yeah. And and then you have folks that like, well, Tucker said the Browns are trying to outfuck the whites. So we got to stop them from doing that. And it's like, well, that's Tucker's opinion. I wish I would have said up there in a the corner. This is Tucker's opinion, not Tucker's facts. Yeah, it's the they are no. I mean, there is no pure journalistic integrity anymore. I'm sure there is somebody out there who has a blog who sits down and writes. He says the traffic light was someone ran the traffic light seven times today. Yeah. And and they said that is a fact. And they recorded. Yeah, exactly. They recorded an intersection for three hours and they said the average the average time that a light was green was 90 seconds. The average time a light was red was the same 90 seconds. Uh, this many cars ran it. That that uh, the temperature very started at this and ended at this. This is the new. This was the facts of the case. Um, there's somebody doing that, but as soon as somebody with any journalistic integrity tries to push their tries to give that information to a major news source, it's going to be spun in such a way. Like just what's like, because they're gonna say what I just said. Like what story does that tell? Yeah, it's we're doing Aaron. We're doing the exact same thing here. 
you and I, you and I are presenting our information much the same way that John Oliver presented his information on the "Don't Say Gay" bill to you. Um, Except he does it better. Yeah, he does it significantly better, and he makes a lot more money off of it. Uh, Wait, y'all are making money off this? Yeah, they are. You know, behind all behind that whole statement I read of Donald Trump to Ron DeSantis. I read it word for word, and I made jokes in there. But I also left context out of those jokes. Um, I made jokes about, you know, no shit they had the third most deaths of COVID. Yeah, like, but why? You know, why didn't he lock this down? Why do, you know, whatever whatever the case may be. I, I give you the part of the story that doesn't offend our three listeners, uh, being your mom, my dad, and maybe Jenny if she turns it on. Um, Sometimes Cody's mom, but there's no, there's no. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna say I take umbrage with John. I wish John your statement of saying I wish John Oliver had presented that because he presented exactly what he wanted to present to you. He did exactly what his intent was. Was Ron DeSantis is bad because he's a conservative and he's anti-gay. And this is the bill that they said is anti-gay. And he gave you just enough information to pick your curiosity. He gave you the title that says, Don't Say Gay. And he gave you just enough info to kindle some outrage and go, This kind of makes me I just listened to this podcast upset. that suggested that insecurity is what makes people uncomfortable on a macro scale. And you can think of that in terms of um, geopolitical contexts. Um, and, and why nations rub each other wrong, say like um, the Kashmir border or the border uh, with Mexico and the United States. Um, just sometimes you Damn, can shave people. Damn, that was people. a hot take comparing those two. Nice. I love that. Right? But um, the when, when the commentator, he, he didn't make this comparison. I did, but... You you can kind of think on on this macro scale, um, yes, yeah, so it's it's pretty interesting, um, and it, it's nice to look at things full spectrum and then be able to make your own opinion about things. It, it really makes like warring states or um, clashing opinions really seem kind of insignificant, and maybe we don't need to put as much energy in the vitriol as as sometimes we can I don't know all I heard was Aaron wants to have a Kashmirian war against Mexico and claim their territory which I like it we need a buffer zone between us and Mexico and it's going to be the Kashmir so we'll take Juarez, Matamores Laredo and what else is down there we'll take them we want fucking 20 miles deep into Mexico as a buffer. Aaron, I don't disagree with you. And I think that's, I think, I think one of the, the fun features of what we do here is taking our, um, our knowledge of any given situation, whether it's a news story or something organic that happened in our life or um, an observation and putting it out there and then collectively breaking it down and sharing opinions, which is how we get hot takes like the uh, the insurrectionists are a well-regulated militia. 
Like, the Proud Boys are a well-regulated militia or whatever. And we broke that down for however long we liked, and that was my view of it. And then we break it down, and I still know that y'all are wrong. Um, but, you know, what you're saying and is— And I also believe you can also change an opinion. I've done it. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. Um, I just think that, you know, when when you say that the top-down view of the media— I, dude, <laughs> unfortunately, like, the three of us are the media right now. Uh, that's it is us absorbing information and regurgitating it uh, because nobody mm. else is doing it. You know, Tucker Carlson is not on the front lines of Ukraine talking with Putin about why this war is raging on. He's receiving text from somebody who's receiving text from somebody who's receiving text from somebody and making inferences and spinning it and, you know, optimizing information for his viewership. Yeah, so I got. I'm gonna just go ahead and throw some kudos to to John Oliver. Anyway, um, yeah. I think his opinion as a human is is pretty spot on. But also, I want to throw some some kudos to uh, the Concrete with a K podcast. Um, they've the Concrete podcast has been pretty interesting to to digest lately, and and the interviewees have definitely challenged a lot of uh information that I get which I I appreciate and and in a lot of ways they do corroborate some of the 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 you know things that I uh digest in terms of intelligence reporting or um you know the the criminal world I I find those to be interesting subjects so um anyway just wanted to kind of throw those two different resources out there as as ways to digest um, what I've considered to be pretty reliable forms of media. All right. Though differing. I love it. Cody, uh, so Aaron's closing thoughts. Cody, you got any closing thoughts before we hit up socials and tell people uh, what to do with their lives? Yeah, you know, listen to John's. John Oliver's good. I've watched the John Stewart new show on Apple TV. Uh, I really actually recommend that. Again, you got, you're getting a comedian's perspective, but, um, you know, confirmation bias, information bias, I dig it. Love it. Yeah, recognizing bias is huge. I think we did a whole whole thing about that. Uh, recognizing. Yeah, I just listened to a whole almost – I'm almost done with this podcast. It's about the Korean War, and I know it's from a leftist bias, but it's presenting facts that the typical American or you know more centrist view – would leap out about that conflict, and it's been fucking fascinating. So I always will recommend uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History podcast um, out to people. It is not as biased um, as a lot of stuff out there. He just does a very good job of taking a look at certain uh, certain historical events and and what actually led up to that and how it could have been different. So. Uh, you know, this everybody historically, everybody knows that this happened because of this. He actually goes, looks at, well, it didn't just happen because of this. There was about eight things that happened prior to that. Um, yeah. So historically, you know, that's a, that's a good one. Uh, but let's get into the socials real quick. Um, before we get into the socials, let me find it. Let me find it. Let me find it. Let's look at our election calendar. All right. March 28th. 
New Hampshire, House of Representative Hillsborough 3. So this is supposed to actually be a pretty good one. If I'm not mistaken, this one can determine whether the state says stays Republican or state stays Democrat. I can't remember, but this is supposed to be a, uh, a pretty, a fairly large election coming up. South Carolina, uh, Columbia City Council District 4, March 28th, and then Virginia State Senate District 9 on March 28th as well. I think we're still... Do, do when's April third? Is April third in two weeks? I can look at the calendar real quick. April third. Yes, because I'm taking my kids to the zoo that weekend. Okay, April third is on a Monday, so we'll hit that one next week. All right, uh, hit us up on the socials, drunkweekendreview@gmail.com for the old school listeners, pretty little loggers at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at DWIR Podcast. You can find us on Facebook.com slash drunkweekendreview on Instagram at drunkweekendreview. Uh, do, 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 did I miss anything? Did I forget anything? I think we're good. What do you got, Aaron? Oh, got nothing. Okay. Oh, I know what Aaron was reminding me to say. Fuck you, Collis. I uh, hope you still listen. Anyway, Cody, take us home. Uh, poopy pee pee. That's it. Yeah. Good night. And we love you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>